back, everybody, to Catania Taylor Radio. Thank you so much for being here. I am Catania Taylor. I am a doctor of oriental medicine and functional medicine. And the purpose of this podcast is to share the information, research, and knowledge that I've gained over the past 15 years in clinical practice and share it with a wider audience. My passion is working with families, parents, and children to help parents be the best that they can be in raising their kids, to give them the right information to help them raise children in this crazy world. It is currently projected that this current generation of children will live shorter and sicker lives than any previous generation. Well, I am here to be sure that that does not happen. So thank you for joining Katanya Taylor Radio. Today, we are talking to a very special guest. I am absolutely passionate about oral health in my children and my fa- myself and my family, but I've had some experience, especially with my son, with cavities and reversing cavities and preventing cavities. So I've been doing a lot of research myself over the past six years, and I do believe that oral health has a profound link and a profound effect on the rest of our bodies. It is completely connected and cannot be disassociated with the rest of the things we do for our bodies. And so I've been doing a lot of research and Will Revac, who is my guest today, was discovered in my research about four years ago. I have been following his website, Oral Wellness, for the last four years. He and his wife, Susan, are co-founders of Oral Wellness, and they have been studying oral health and particularly gum disease since, I believe, around 1997. Their journey began when Susan developed severe gum disease and they needed to heal her Their research began and they did a deep dive and developed an amazing line of products, an amazing website with a plethora of information, videos, articles, and tutorials on how to reverse gum disease and heal cavities. So sit back, take notes, and enjoy the podcast today with Will Revac of Oral Wellness. Will Revac, thank you so much for being here on Catania Taylor Radio. I am honored to have you. I've been following you and Susan for about four years now. And yeah, I'm just so excited. One of my passions is oral care. And um, I've done a lot of study and research and interviewed a couple of other people about it as well. But I, your website is so full of information that we, I think, you know, could probably do at least two or three interviews here today. But Will, thanks for being here. Um, Welcome. Thank you so much for having us, Katanya. It's really, it's always fun to talk with people, especially those who are passionate about similar subjects. Absolutely. And so tell me, a little, let's start off. We, we have a little bit of a common background, which is pretty cool. Uh, you, is it you and Susan both have an Asian arts, Asian medicine background? Yeah. Um, Susan and I actually met uh, studying in a Kung Fu school um, in 1985, um, we were both studying the Chinese internal martial arts. Um, what basically think Tai Chi for those listeners listening, there are three different styles of of the Chinese internal martial arts, and the school was was focused specifically on those three arts. And the values of the school were that we had to learn the healing side if we were going to study the martial side. So we also um, have been practicing what you know as Twina, Chinese therapeutic massage, for many many years as well. Wonderful. That's great. So, and then what got you into this oral health journey is I know Susan's story. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So in the, uh, let's see, it would have been 1994, I think. Um, we moved out of Southern California and, um, went to a new location. Susan, uh, went to a new dentist and the dentist did a uh, what is called a periodontal depth probe or a periodontal depth test, testing all the pockets around your gum pockets. If anybody listening has ever been in the dental office and and the dentist is poking around your mouth and calling out numbers like two, three, two, three, three, two to the dental assistant to record, that's what they were doing is measuring the gum pockets. And it was all going well until they got back to um, one of Susan's molars, and then it got really somber in the room and. The dentist said, ooh, you have advanced periodontal disease, advanced gum disease, and um, the solution is for you to get some surgery. And I don't do that. And she basically handed Susan a flyer. And um, that sent Susan on a quest. You know, she's always been very alternatively minded and like, what's going on here? And and not one to just take um, face value like, oh, okay, and just follow directions from uh, somebody just because they're wearing a white coat. Um, went home, did some research, diligently applied a home care protocol, went back to the same dentist a year later 
and the dentist poked and poked harder and you know and said wow i i must have mismeasured last year because you're not showing the same signs as last year and so the dentist thought she the dentist was a woman um, thought she had made a mistake and susan said no you didn't make a mistake i've been diligently caring for my oral health and let me let me share with you what I've been doing. The dentist said, you know, honestly, I, I've got another patient to get to and, and left. Mm. Um, and that put a fire in Susan to share this with people because um, it just didn't feel right that the dentist didn't want to hear what she had done to reverse something that, according to the dentist, is not reversible. Right. Yeah, that's kind of so, an uphill battle in what we do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, fast forward many years, and and um, that you know that was really the beginning to oral wellness. But we didn't start the company for many, many years. I mean, Susan would share with family and friends. They'd talk about their oral health, and she's like, "Hey, let me tell you what I did." And so she you coached many people through the years. Um, but then it was I don't know ten ten years ago or so. We basically put out a prayer, a prayer saying, "Okay, where's our home based business?" that does no harm, that really helps people, that um, we can work from our fuzzy bunny slippers at home. Uh-huh. And, um, and um, you know, then so we, we realized, wow, maybe we should be talking to the world about what you did with, with gum disease. And Absolutely. So that's where, yeah, that's where that's Oral Wellness started. Fabulous. So let's go back a little bit. I, I want to ask you, um, because honestly, probably only more recently do I have the answer in my head, and it's not thorough enough. Tell me, because I, again, I work with kids a lot. Um, sort of my target audience is, is really changing the trajectory of kids' health in many, many ways. And I got into oral health because of, um, you know, experiences with my own children. Um, but so, so focusing on children, I tend to focus on cavities. Mm-hmm. Tell me how gum disease, um, how is it different from cavities? How does it affect different age groups? Can it affect kids? And then we'll kind of go into how they're treated differently and similarly. I would assume that, you know, if we're caring for our oral cavity, our oral microbiome, our, you know, that, that whole area, it's going to you know, positively affect everything. It's not going to be two totally different ways of caring for it. But get, tell me a little bit about, you know, if we're talking more to adults, I would assume, tell me more about uh, gum disease versus cavities and how we kind of look at that a little differently. Sure, sure. So... Let's unpack a couple different questions here. Um, so the, the difference and the similarities. Let's, first, I want to touch on the difference and similarities between gum disease and tooth decay. Um, and then what I'd like to do is discuss specifically gum disease and kids and kind of best practices, what to do, what to not do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. So, um, you know, so gum disease and tooth decay are 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 very similar in a lot of ways. They're, they have many components that are similar. There are obviously some differences as well. Both have a nutritional aspect. Um, both have an environmental aspect. I mean, you have to have exposure to specific uh, microbes implicated with each of these diseases. Um, and, and tooth decay is a disease. Um, I believe there's a genetic and an epigenetic component. Um, some people have a greater susceptibility to be prone to certain what we call thug bugs or certain, you know, pathogenic microbes in the mouth. And of course, oral hygiene plays a a definite role in the whole game for sure. Now, if we're going to deal with specifically gum disease, um, I'd I'd like to just take a moment and shine a light on it because in general, what we find is that the culture is aware of tooth decay and not aware of gum disease for the most part, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of, that's why we do what we do because it's such a um, such a cultural black hole, if you will, such a cultural blind spot. The elephant in the living room. I mean, the chances are greater than nine out of ten if you're over thirty years old. Okay, depends on who you ask. The official record is, oh, you know, fifty percent of adults have periodontal disease. Well, okay, we've talked to a lot of dentists who are in the trenches, and they tell me that if you're over thirty, chances are greater than ninety percent that you have some active form of gum disease in your mouth. Wow. Okay, so that, that's huge. And if we take it to the kid level now, 65% of 15-year-olds have active gum disease already going in their mouth. 65% of teenagers have active gum disease going on in their mouth. So oh we have to address this earlier. Now, how does this happen? 
So first of all, gum disease is a chronic bacterial infection. We need to understand that. It has two components to it. It has an in-the-mouth component, and it has a systemic, a whole-body component. It is communicable. Okay, so we catch these microbes. If you don't have the microbes, you're not going to have gum disease. So the three, what we call the three vectors of contamination are the three Ps, parents, partners, and pets. Um, you know, it's, it is super common for dogs to have gum disease, and which one of us doesn't think it's cute when you see a dog lick a kid in the mouth? But that is, I, where this is I'm just so um, adamant about this, is this, don't let your kid get licked in the mouth by a dog. Teach the children I mean, where do dogs put their mouths? Let's think about it. Mm -hmm. teach, your, teach your children to not allow the dog to lick them in the face um, because it's just, it, it's just such an easy vector to pass in that way. Um, if, if, if pets don't get them, then parents do. You know, I mean, if, if our mouths aren't clean, you know, I, I, a few years ago now wrote an article uh, for our blog over to Oral Wellness when we were on a plane and and I saw this father that had the child's pacifier, the child's binky in their mouth, in the father's mouth, getting it out of the backpack, putting it in his mouth to go take it down to the baby. And I looked and I'm like, oh, I got to write an article about that <laughs> <laughs> because that's one of the vectors of contamination. Now, you know, there's an argument for that because you're introducing the oral microbiome, but unless the parent knows that their mouth is free of gum disease, I really don't think it's wise to do. Um, and if and if parents and pets don't get us, then we've lost count of the number of customers that have said, yeah, you know, my, my mouth was really healthy until I got married. <laughs> so it's a communicable factor. Um, there's definitely a nutritional component to gum disease. Um, really what it boils down to is this. It's essentially the result of an imbalanced gut and oral microbiome. And I know we'll dig into this further. Mm -hmm. Um as we get into this, Catania, but really it's the reason that we feel gum disease is so rampant um, is because we have this elephant in the living room. We've got a cultural blind spot about gum disease because our culture is so fixated about tooth decay, which is what we've been taught because the dental industry by and large fixated on tooth decay. And it's been only recently that they've been like, oh, wait, there's, you know, we should have hygienists here because when I was a kid, there was no tooth cleanings. You, you didn't have stuff like that. And that's really the hygienist is the one that was, that now is kind of the front line looking for first signs to call the dentist over and say, Hey, you not need to take a look at this. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that dental hygienists are doing a great job as kind of a, um, bringing more awareness to gum disease. Uh, another factor of why it's so rampant, I, I believe we kind of live in complete denial of any health giving habits. Um, in general, our, our modern culture is kind of like a teenager believing that rules don't apply to them. I, I still think that we all have this kind of rebellious child within us that says that I can eat my cake, I can have my cake and eat it too. I can, you know, eat sweet food throughout the day and and not expect to have my teeth rot out of my head. Mm -hmm. So... So let's then talk about, okay, so primary cause of gum disease is, is let's say, bad bugs, because as we, as you said, we will get into, there are obviously good bugs um, sure. that is going to balance that out, ideally, that um, we are, you know, decimating a lot of those good bugs, and that's part of the reason that probably these bad bugs are taking over and causing gum disease. So how do we address, um, let's talk about the similarities then. How do we address or between gum disease and cavities, are they are they completely uh, different and treated differently, or are they going to overlap in treatment? Well, um, the way that because of our our background in the Chinese longevity arts, um, you know, I mean, all your listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with the the concept of yin yang and yin yang theory. Um, so the, we kind of raised ourselves in that mindset, if you will. So the way that we approach whether it's gum disease, tooth care, whatever, is there's an in-the-mouth in the mouth approach and there's a global approach. We like to think of it as a global local factor. So you got to deal with it locally in the mouth and you have to address it globally in the whole system. Okay, because the bottom line is if we only address something in the mouth, 
we really aren't addressing the root cause of it. But if we only address it in the, in the whole body, then why wouldn't we take actions in the mouth that are going to support whole body health too? So we like to approach it from both sides there. Um, you know, nutritionally, it's, it's the same. Um, you know, we need to have a healthy gut microbiome. We need to have, uh, we need to make sure that we don't have leaky gut because that's just going to um, open the door for an inflammatory cascade that is going to weaken the immune system that is going to just allow these pathogenic microbes to have an upper hand in the mouth. Um, but also we need to be able to address it on a level of oral hygiene. Now, to deal with gum disease on a level of oral hygiene is very different than what we're generally taught. Um, you know, we, we're taught to brush our teeth. We're not taught to um, stimulate the gum pocket to disrupt and disorganize the bacterial colonies that are trying to erode our jawbone through gum disease. Um, but there's a very simple technique that's been, it's kind of like a Weston Price style technique. It's, it's a, I don't know if, if you watch this video of ours, Catania, it's how to brush your teeth to reduce gum disease. It's a story of Dr. Charles Bass. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Bass was uh, a young doctor. Um, he was actually, the, he was a parasitologist. He studied parasites and he was the first person to carry a microscope west of the Mississippi River, kind of to put a historical context on the story. Mm -hmm. And he was a young man diagnosed with advanced gum disease. And his dentist said, well, pull all your teeth. It's time to pull your teeth. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. You know, I, I'm going to go back to my lab. And he went back to his lab and, and um, through trial and error with his own microscope, identified a lot of what we now know as, as these pathogenic microbes implicated with gum disease. And through clinical trial and error, designed a toothbrush and a brushing technique to help him lower those numbers in his mouth. And, you know, he died an old man with a mouth full of teeth. So um, that we have that as a, a historical precedent. Now, here's the irony, okay? Every dentist I've quizzed has said, yeah, I remember learning about the bass brushing technique in Dar Charles Bass in dental school, but most don't advocate, don't teach it because it's just kind of, they just forget about it. It's not emphasized as a preventive tool because the dental business model by and large is not based on prevention. Mm -hmm. It's based on fixing teeth. So it's just a different model. And like you said, they're not necessarily focusing on preventing gum disease either. So if that's more specifically towards gum disease, then that's maybe not what the dentist is, is focusing on. Absolutely. I, th I think I think it's in their training. I mean, I, I, you know, there are many, many dentists out there that, that have taken the path less traveled and do focus on gum disease and the treatment of, of gum and periodontal disease. Um, but by and large, if we're talking about kind of, I mean, there are lots of dentists in the world, obviously. Um, if we're talking about a general dental clinic, yeah, that's not their focus. Gum disease is not their primary intent. It seems like it would be a periodontist, which at that point you're looking at surgery. For the most part, yeah. I mean, by the time your general dentist refers you to the periodontist, it's because you already have periodontal disease. And, you know, yeah, surgery is, is a very common pathway for the periodontist, for sure. Okay, so if I'm, if I have a, so my kids are 10 and 12, um, I definitely, we definitely, you know, focus on preventing cavities, remineralizing teeth, and I want to get to that. But who needs to start thinking about and looking at and preventing and doing like this bass brushing technique, et cetera, to prevent gum disease? Um, everybody. Um, so as soon as a child has the manual dexterity to revisit their brushing technique, I mean, we, we all learned to brush our teeth when we were toddlers and we didn't have the fine motor skills to apply the bass brushing technique back then, but it's not really necessary as a toddler because the gum pockets are just so shallow at that point. However, the, the, the problem is that most of us don't revisit this subject and learn how to refine our brushing technique. And that's why you, you, you know, you see adults, you know, scrubbing their teeth like they were scrubbing a grout line in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's not good for our teeth or our gum line. And it's just a habit because we haven't thought about it. We haven't gone like, hmm, I wonder if there's a way that I can upgrade my, my toothbrushing technique because we have this, this psychic disconnect with our mouths as a culture. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 
I joke around like, you know, who of us still uses crayons in the office, <laughs> you know, and, and holds it in a full fist? Well, that's what we're doing essentially is holding our toothbrush in a full fist <laughs> oh, and scrubbing so and scrubbing like, like a toddler. So as soon <laughs> as a, funny yeah, visual. As soon, yeah. As, as soon as a child can, can, you know, I, a six-year-old has plenty of manual dexterity to be able to do the bass brushing technique. And honestly, Katanya, if they do, they will never need any gum treatment. If they, if they, they'll, they'll never need our products that, that, you know, that, and that's the whole idea is to be a, we're very preventive minded as well, just like you. And it's like, oh my gosh, we got to stop this younger. So just by using this technique, he was able to reduce the numbers of the, the bad bacteria. It didn't require a specific, um, like oils like yours or a specific yeah. toothpaste or anything at the time. Or well, if Correct. you're bad enough and you're reversing it, I suppose you do, but you're saying preventatively proper brushing. And I would assume probably flossing as well is going to prevent this enough that you don't need any, um, antimicrobial agents. I believe that that is to be the case depending on the general health of the system. Mm -hmm. Okay. If, you know, again, we have to come back and say, you know, the person listening does, do I have active gum disease? And most of us don't know. So here's a simple way to find out. All right. Because we're, we're very strong believers in educating oneself for what we call dental self-empowerment. We have to break this vicious cycle of us being completely dependent upon the dental industry to tell us what's going on in our own mouths. Absolutely. Okay, we, we have to see what's going on in our own mouths. And this is what we've really identified to be the central key to our mission here at Oral Wellness is to help heal this mental disconnect that our culture has with our mouth. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of a surreal thing. We can look at our mouths in a mirror, I mean, despite the fact that we all use them, like you and I, we're both gregarious people, so some of us use it more than others. Um, despite that fact, we don't know what's going on in our mouths. And, and if I can just take a moment here and kind of, in a way, give proof to that for anyone listening, it's this. How many teeth do you have in your mouth? Without counting, can you tell me? And if you can't, take it as a wake-up call that, that there's more to learn about your own mouth. And so the, the simple way that we have helped people around the world increase their dental awareness, their oral their dental self-empowerment is what we call it, because, it, I mean, it's kind of a flowery term, but we really believe it to be true, is a simple discovery tool that we call the Oral Wellness Mouth Map. It's a free download off of our site. We can send you the link, Katanya, to be able to share with your tribe. Um, it's a free download that anybody can use to be able to look and see what's going on in their own mouths. Okay, and the way to do it is to use a segment of floss, uh, a white floss so you can see the color on it and actually do what we've coined the term conscious flossing. You have to know what's going on so you floss and after each contact point between each set of teeth, you look at the floss for any color and you smell it. Okay, because if there's smell, that's infection. And if there's color, that's bleeding, and that's infection, too. That's active infection. So we're talking about gentle flossing. We want to go down to the bottom of the gum pocket that you can reach. We're not talking about damaging the gum to cause it to bleed, but we're also not talking about being super wimpy with it and not you know, getting down into the bottom of the pocket that you can reach. So if you have active signs of infection, if you have blood or any color on the floss or any smell, that means you've got active infection in that pocket, and that needs to be dealt with. Okay, so if a person has any active infection, then my suggestion is why wouldn't you use the bass brushing technique and take other steps to mitigate the infection in the mouth while you heal yourself systemically to not be such a vulnerable host to these pathogenic microbes? Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about some of the products. They're going to be some of your products, but how did you guys discover some of these antimicrobial products? What are they? And go ahead and tell us how we would do that if we do find this bleeding, which is, sure. I'm sure, so common. It's very, very common. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, if, if you're listening and you're over 30, chances are greater than 90%. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the U.S. 
official statistics says that 97 out of every 100 men, women, and children, they include all children in this, 97 out of 100 men, women, and children in the United States have some form of active oral disease. And of course, tooth decay and gum disease are the huge lion's share of that 97%. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, we joke around and say kind of half joke, tragically joke, and say, if what we were doing as a culture were working, don't you think that that number would be a lot lower? I know. Right? I know. That's what, you know, one of my mottos is, you know, you're, you're doing all the right things. You're seeing your dentist or your hygienist once or twice a year. You're brushing your flossing. You're even possibly avoiding, you know, the typical, what we think of as sugary drinks. And, you know, there's still tons of kids in my life with cavities. They're just doing all the right things. So we're missing something. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about some of that topical treatment then. Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we, we've, we have a number of products and, and I'm not here to sell the products. I'm here to educate people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the products are product solutions. They've been created literally out of that same dream, that same prayer of help us help other people navigate to greater oral health. What can we share? And so we've spent the past, you know, I mean, what are we talking about now? Almost 25 years doing research on this subject and and exploring this and and so many many years ago we we said okay we need to we need to find we need to create a product that assists people in um balancing their oral microbiome in in knocking down these thug bugs um intentionally but not from a kind of um not from a kill everything standpoint, you know, what, one of the myths in our culture is that we've got to kill the bugs in our mouth. And, and, you know, I've actually had, um, a number of people say like, Hey, my dentist is telling me to, to gargle with dilute bleach. What do you think of that? I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's like the iconic example of let's kill everything. Right. Right. Um, so, so what we wanted to do was to find a solution that would, uh, facilitate this, but we wanted to do it from, in our own way. We wanted to do it from this this concept in the Chinese internal arts that we've spoken about already of, of yin-yang theory. We said we want to make it a balance of warming and cooling oils. We want to make it do no harm to the system, and it's got to help lower the risk of these pathogenic microbes in the mouth. So we know, and you know this, being, being a... a uh, Dr. Voinal Medicine, that if you only use warming or cooling influences, you have the risk, you run the risk of imbalancing the system, right? Right. So we said, okay, we can't do that because we recognize that the mouth is the headwaters to the whole digestive system. We said, okay, we have to make sure that we're not going to throw the digestive system off by having somebody use something in the mouth. So that's that's my big concern with, with other products out there is that they're not energetically balanced between warming and cooling influences. And, um, you know, there are products out there that just use cooling oils that just use the mints. There are products out there that just use warming oils like cinnamon and clove. Mm -hmm. Um, and my concern and the reason that we didn't do that was because this is powerful medicine. This is powerful plant medicine. You know, I mean, Chinese herbology isn't messing around. And by doing that, um, over time, we're fearing that, that you can imbalance the system. So we created our Healthy Mouth Blend, which is a balance of warming and cooling oils, specifically um, identified oils that, that target these periodontal pathogens really, really well. Um, and, and the rest is history. And we, we basically tested it with our own eyes using, you know, I'm, I'm an armchair scientist, mm-hmm. um, using, using our own scope. And um, made sure that we were getting the results that we wanted, you know, as far as concentrations. Another aspect that's kind of like the Goldilocks story, you, you want to make sure that the dilution, I, I'm not a fan of using straight essential oils in the mouth. I think they're very potent. Um, so you got to have your dilution right. So if you're too strong, you can actually burn uh, the sensitive gum and cheek tissue and be going in the wrong direction. Too weak, of course, is going to be ineffective. So getting that dilution right took some time uh, to make our healthy mouth blend, and uh, the rest is history. And what are you diluting it with? 
Um, we have two different versions. We have a certified organic sweet almond oil and certified organic jojoba oil for people who don't do nuts. Okay. And so your, your, it is already diluted to the point where someone can use it straight into, in their mouth or on their toothbrush or on their flosser. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, so what you're saying about the, the yin and the yang is really, is really cool and fascinating and, and kind of new, which is, which is fabulous and exciting for me. You know, I know that essential oils tend to have the, um, the ability to target the bad bugs and leave the good bugs alone, just to put it really simply. But you've also added a component of mixing the herbs so that there's also that support versus killing, you know, there's also that balance. So I think that's really, really cool and exciting. I love to hear that. Well, um, and you know, I mean, from, from your experience in Chinese herbology, herbology, you know, when, when we would go to a, uh, a Chinese herbalist, it was always almost like a, an artistic experience. You know, they're like laying out the herbs on the paper and it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a piece of art mm-hmm. that they're working with. So we approached it from the same way, like, okay, we got to deal with these bugs and that bugs. So let's get the research in place for those pieces. And we want to, you know, soothe and support healing. So that's why we brought myrrh in, right? Because myrrh has been used forever mm-hmm. um, to, to support mucosal tissue. So, you know, it, it's, it, was, it was really kind of coming from that same vein of, of the art of Chinese herbology mm-hmm. that we created the formula. So let's talk about how the essential oils are killing some of the bad bugs, and then let's get into how we protect and booster the microbiome in the mouth. Sure, sure. So a lot of it has to do with dilution. So if you, if you drill down into the discussion of the oral microbiome, you know, this is a fairly new field. Um, you know, it's, it's very new in our culture. Um, the science of it is, is fairly new. I'm looking at my shelf right now with, with the book from Dr. Marsh, who literally wrote the book on oral microbiology. And, and he talks about this idea of controlling without killing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where we want to go um, with this thinking. You know, if we're going to uh, release or let go of this mindset that we have to kill all the bugs in our mouths, then if I can suggest another mindset to adopt instead of that scorched earth policy, it's, we, we've kind of coined this term and I, I really appreciate the analogy. It's, it's to become a good conductor of the symphony of microbes in your mouth. I okay? love that. Love that. The, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's colonies. It is so rich the, the diversity of, of bacteria in the mouth. And so our job is to encourage a healthy, diverse population that tends to be health-giving. You, you don't want to try to eliminate these bugs, the, 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 the pathogenic microbes from the mouth. That's not really um, reality because what you want to do is make sure that they're an extreme minority and they're not running the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we talked with a friend of ours uh, here, Krista Recchio, of the whole journey, and, and she, she's all about the gut microbiome. And we had fun comparing notes and basically, you know, saying that, that it's the same thing. Really, you, you, science has grouped uh, when you look at the, the microbiomes of the body or the oral microbiome. <clears throat> science has grouped the the microbes into kind of three buckets. You you have the good guys, the bad guys. And then what they call the commensals, which are kind of the middle ground, mm-hmm. and what we we jokingly call kind of the swing voters. Okay, <laughs> so here's the way it works. Okay, have you ever been to a or have you ever, have you ever been watching a sporting event and you don't really don't care who is going to win the show? Okay, and you find yourself, at least I have found myself, and I'm not into sports at this point in my life, but nonetheless, you know, I have found myself in the past. And that's a good analogy voting for rooting for the winner just because they're winning. So the game in the mouth is to make sure that the thug bugs aren't running the streets and, and dominating the biome, because if they are, then they're going to get a heck of a lot of help from the condensal microbes in the mouth. And that's going to overwhelm the, the good bugs in the mouth. What we want is make sure that the good bugs are really strong and present because then the commensals will help keep our mouths healthy instead of undermine our health. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Cool. 
So what are some ways, are there ways that you actually seed the microbiome or um, is this just a systemic, is this just taking our probiotics or are there other ways to, to actually seed it and support it? Sure, sure. So all the biomes are connected. Okay, so there's, there's really uh, this, we, we have to get out of the mindset of trying to over compartmentalize the body. So to answer your question, we have inherent in our systems what we need to reseed the mouth. Okay, and here's the technique. Um, we, like I've shared, you know, with our background of the Chinese longevity arts, the the foundation of that is a is an art called qigong, which simply is health giving exercise, breath exercise, or breath work, or uh, energy exercises, if you will. In, in, in the Chinese paradigm, qi, you know this. I mean, I'm talking to your tribe here. Mm-hmm. Qi is breath and energy. They're the same. It's it's there's they're not two concepts. It's one concept. Mm-hmm. So so the breath leads energy, and by exercising our breathing, we exercise our our chi we flow chi through the system and make us a more robust strong healthy vital individual so out of our qigong practice um, we have a technique that um, we call mouth probiotics Mm -hmm. that is to simply swish your own saliva in your mouth saliva is um, kind of the the hero the unknown hero in the in the oral health field i believe um, we have to, you know, I, I have a video on our site called mouth probiotics and I joke around in the video It's actually one of the goofiest videos we ever shot. <laughs> yeah, um, I watched it. <laughs> um, and, and I, and I joke around that we have to stop treating our saliva like spit yeah. and quit spitting it out because our saliva is precious fluid to the body. And we now know microbiologically that it's super rich with immune supportive microbes. And so by gathering saliva in your mouth, I mean, everybody listening to your show, I'm sure would know of the concept of oil pulling by now. It's such a rave. So the same concept goes with saliva. If you want to, you know, oil pulling is great. I would say mouth probiotics, swishing your own saliva is even better. Hmm. I mean, it's different. You know, oil pulling is actually going to do more of a detoxing um, effect, whereas mouth probiotics is going to actually do more of a nurturing the oral microbiome. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I watched your video and that's fabulous. It's so funny. I, I told my kids about it. And <laughs> what I said was, I said, please don't swish your saliva like in class or, you know, around a bunch of people because it's just, that is just not going to be taken very well. But I said, you know, after lunch or sometime, you know, if you eat something, I said, one of the best ways is actually not running and brushing your teeth, which is something maybe we'll get to today, but not running and brushing your teeth, but just maybe drinking a little water or, you know, gathering your saliva and swishing it a little bit. So I've totally talked to my kids about that. And I think that's fabulous. Um, So of course we want to nurture, like you said, it's the entire system. We're nurturing the, the microbiome of the entire system. I'm one of my, you know, focuses is definitely gut. I follow Krista Recchio, all these guys. I'm absolutely totally into all that. I've, um, gotten into a product lately. I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Zach Bush's product restore that is, um, is the use of a conduct a communication system for the microbiome. So, I mean, that's just a, a whole nother story, but every way we can support the microbiome on our skin, in our mouth, in our guts, you know, we have it in every orifice, in every cell, in our blood. I mean, we have it everywhere. So as long as the other systems are, are doing well, like you say, the, the saliva will have those microbes in there, the positive microbes that'll help sort of seed, I like to say, the, the oral microbiome. And then you're using the essential oils to sort of intelligently weed out the bad guys. But we don't want to do what, you know, you've, you and I have both referred to as the scorched earth policy, which is like, you know, bleach or the mouthwashes that are on the market that's just killing absolutely everything. We need to look at it, again, just like we're looking at the gut, we're starting to realize Um, you know, we've been using antibiotics way, way, way too much. And that actually adding good guys back into the system is going to help balance out the bad guys. We don't want to necessarily get rid of all the bad guys. We need them all in there. So, um, yeah, the, the, the swishing of the, of the saliva, um, you know, I've heard people say you could swish a probiotic. I don't know. What do you think about that? 
Um, there's, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, the, I like the idea, but at the same time, um, there's such diversity in the mouth that, um, you know, I mean, probiotic strains in general that, that you would get, um, you know, from a, a probiotic are just going to be so few and far between the specific strains that I, I just, my concern is kind of monocropping the mouth. We want to make sure that it's very diverse. Absolutely. So you, you do know of the product Restore. What do you think about swishing with that? I wonder about that. I'm, I'm familiar with Zach Bush. I used Restore a couple of years ago um, and like the idea of, of humic acid. Um, I, I appreciate what he's talking about essentially is, is stimulating quorum sensing for um, the healthy aspect of the oral microbe or the microbiome in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's a tremendous idea. I, I'm not sure about swishing with, with Restore. I haven't I, he's on my list of people to interview, mm-hmm. so I haven't um, I haven't arranged that yet. Yeah, he's absolutely fascinating. I just kind of discovered him recently, and I'm totally obsessed. And you know, he has a um, he has a nasal spray, which makes me think. You know, he's certainly w- focusing on the sinus cavity and the sinus membranes. I don't see why it wouldn't. I don't think it would harm the mouth at all. You know. I I agree. I agree. My question is whether it would stain the teeth. Oh, good question. Very good because question. it is it is kind of a gray color. Yes, it is. It's a brownish. My my kids were a little concerned about that. Yeah. Let's um okay, let's go back a little bit to um how would gum disease affect or possibly cause or just go hand in hand with cavities? Well, or is are they totally separate? I mean, they they're definitely related. Um, I, I really think that, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's several aspects to them, you know, they share a lot of similarities and there's differences. So similarities, uh, are you talking about just similarities and differences? Or are you looking for more of like a treatment side of them? Well, sure. Start with similarities and differences. Okay. So that they both have a nutritional component. Mm-hmm. Um, I, are uh, late friend Rami Nagel that wrote Cure Tooth Decay and Cure Gum Disease Naturally um, uh, put it really well in his book. Um, by the way, his books are fabulous yeah. um, for anyone out there who hasn't read them. Um, I'll definitely do and, a link to him. I, I love him too, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, it's such a loss that, that he just passed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he put it really well in his book, Cure Gum Disease Naturally. He said, you know, it's it's really as simple as, and he's making a play on words here, but healing gum disease is really as simple as um, A, B, C, D, E, and K2. <laughs> yeah. So it's a nutritional factor, right? We have to make sure that we have sufficient fat-soluble vitamins in our diet. And if we use the historical precedent of Weston Price, which I know you and your tribe are familiar with, as kind of the, the, the foundation uh, you know, Western Price found across across you know how many different indigenous cultures that he studied that they, by and large, ate ten times the fat soluble vitamins and three times the minerals that our count that their counterparts did in uh, the United States in the 1930s. Now, mind you, that was before the low fat propaganda blitz hit the United States. Right. So. 10 times the fat-soluble vitamins. Well, where do we find our fat-soluble vitamins? In fats. So that means that we need to be eating way more fats, quality fats, than we do in order to get the fat-soluble vitamins that our bodies need to be able to have the vitality to be able to resist tooth decay and gum disease. So that's a big commonality to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Another factor that I think deserves some consideration is the uh, the epigenetic and the genetic component. Um, there's the work of I'm sure you're familiar with the work of Dr. Francis Pottinger and the work that he did with cats, which yeah. I'm not from. I don't I don't endorse the use of animals in studies, but God, if they've already been done, let's learn from them at least so that they don't have to be repeated. Right. Um, so Dr. Pottinger did some really, really powerful work studying cats and, and really, in my opinion, is one of the uh, 
fathers of, of epigenetics and the understanding that we have around that whole field now. Um, I don't know if he's traditionally recognized as one of the fathers of that or not, but anyway, that's, that's how I kind of view him in my simplistic way. Um, and I really think, you know, you were talking about kids and that whose teeth are still having troubles and they're doing everything right. Well, okay. First we have to question, are they really doing everything right? Because in this modern culture, um, I, I, I think that's a really, um, a very challenging thing to face into. Mm-hmm. Um, our culture is is heading full stream, full steam for a train wreck, in my opinion, um, because we are burning ourselves out. We're burning out our adrenals and our kidneys, and we are addicted to electronics, which we don't know the result of that yet. And we're running at this harried pace, by and large. I mean, and and those alone will undermine our oral health. Right. Okay, we're, we're not even touching the nutritional side yet. <laughs> right. So we have to give our kids time to dream. We have to give our t- kids time to, to spend time outside, get their bare feet on the ground, get their heads out of their phones or their laptops or whatever electronic device they're into and spend time at a natural speed if we want them to be able to decompress this modern lifestyle, um, because, you know, I mean, you know, the work of Dr. Steinman, now, I'm going all over the place, Catania. I apologize. No, that's okay. The, the this... dental fluid flow and all that. It's definitely along, the, yeah. along the lines. Let me just jump back what you're saying. I mean, I, you know, I have a program that a health for kids program that talks exactly about what you just said, sleep and screen time. Getting outside is going to cross over into, you know, what Dr. Zach Bush talks about, about getting microbes through the skin, in the dirt, through our breathing, you know, just getting yep. outside is going to do so many things other than get them away from screens. You know, a lot of, I feel like the sort of gist of our messages is kind of getting back to the basics, uh, you know, maybe where we were a hundred years ago, getting back to nature, getting back to eating real food, getting back to stop destroying and decimating Every microbiome from the soil to the mouth to the skin. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it just all goes so hand in hand. Um, you know, before we get to the dental fluid flow, which is going to get into cavities more, um, you, you said that the, the cavities and, um, and gum disease, the diet is the same, which is fabulous to know. Because like I said, gum disease hasn't been on my radar either as much as I focus on my kids, but that diet is exactly what we're doing. So that is fabulous to know. Um, I would assume that keeping the, uh, the you know, the bad bugs at bay, boosting the microbiome and, and mineralizing our saliva is going to also help both aspects, both the gum disease and the cavities. Yep. Um, so minerals are going to become a little more, I, I would guess minerals are going to become a little bit more of a factor because of the teeth. So minerals in the saliva, and that's going to come from the diet. Is that right? And then how about, um, blood sugar? So when, as we go into dental fluid flow, how about the blood sugar aspect of dental fluid flow? As I know very thoroughly how it relates to cavities, how does that relate to gum disease, keeping the blood sugar down? Well, you know, I mean, so the, the relationship between blood sugar and cortisol and inflammation, so gum disease essentially, you you know this from from your background that that um, the root of all disease in, in in TCM is stagnation, which is inflammation. Mm-hmm. Okay, if we have an inflammation, by and large, is not a bad thing if it's acute, but if it's chronic and systemic, that's a problem because we're going to throw we're going to downregulate the whole system with that. And so if we're running ourselves on, if, if we're propping ourselves up on sugar throughout the day as a habit, then we are actually increasing, we're, we're creating an inflammatory environment. We're creating a chronically inflamed environment, which is, is going to um, allow gum disease to proliferate. Right. And so the immune there's a direct system, relationship. Right. And the immune system is directly related to the gum disease and fighting off the bad bugs. So it's just all, see, all comes back around. We want to keep the, the blood sugar down. So the immune system is in top shape. We want to keep the, the good bugs high. And so that we keep the inflammation in the gums down, we keep the uh, microbiome in the mouth up 
And then we, we, you know, with diet, we're getting the minerals to remineralize and support the teeth and saliva. So let's quickly hit on the, you were going there, was uh, Dr. Steinman. Yeah, so I want to talk about Steinman and these qualities right here. Okay, Steinman and dentinal fluid flow and stress and kids and time outside and epigenetics. Okay, so... This, this might kind of pull it all together here for us. Um, Dr. Steinman, in his research, very clearly showed that he could provoke tooth decay in rats by feeding them specific diets that we know to be a high sugary, high carbohydrate diet. Okay. Now, he also showed us, and something that I really don't hear spoken about very much that I, I would really like to shine a light on here is that he also spoke, um, demonstrated that um, the, you could have a rat, he could, fe- he could have a rat living on what he identified to be a caries-free, so a diet that does not cause that rat tooth decay, and put them in a stressful environment, and they'll get tooth decay. Hmm. So, you know, I... You know, the the old kind of academic argument in traditional Chinese medicine is which is the foundation, the kidneys or the spleen, Mm -hmm. right? I don't think that one is right and one is wrong. Obviously, they're both critically important on a foundational level. If we don't have adrenal health, then how are we going to function? And if we don't have digestive health, how are we going to function, right? But if we look at this and say, well, we could have everything right in digestive health from a dietary standpoint... And if we stress ourselves out, we're still going to downregulate the system mm-hmm. and cause tooth decay. So we have to address bro- both sides. So with the kids who are eating a perfect diet, which I would even really question that, but nonetheless, who, p- whose parents think they're eating a perfect diet, if they're not getting time to de-stress from modern lifestyle and play and have a lot of just open imagination time, then in my opinion, that could be a root of, of tooth decay. And if they're getting that, then I kind of go to the whole, I kind of have my, my trump card in the pocket of, of epigenetics of what Francis Pottinger proved that you can do everything right. And if you are, happen to be the generation of human in this case, that whose family lineage has lost enough genetic momentum your teeth can still break down. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, when I think about that, you sort of, um, you know, most of what we're doing is saying, look, we're not, we're not putting any blame. We're just educating so that people can now make the changes and move forward. When I, when we talk about the, the, epi, the gen, generational epigenetics, sometimes I feel like, you know, you're, we're saying, well, you know, your grandparents didn't eat well and your mom didn't eat well. So, you know, you're, you don't have that momentum going, you have a negative momentum going in your favor. Um, how do you address that? Well, so that's, that's really a personal choice. You know, a person can, first of all, there's, because of epigenetics, we know that, um, we're not stuck, that there's a lot we can do that environment plays a humongous, has a, has a humongous impact on tomorrow, our health tomorrow. Okay, so there, it's a very, very malleable surface. Now, that said, with teeth, it's a little bit different because, you know, if, if a child um, has enough of a genetic well, loss of genetic momentum and they have, you know, something to where their teeth aren't formed properly, well, they're not going to reverse that and have them form properly after they're already formed. So there is some limit there. Now, what we do with that information is really up to us. Do we say... Oh, what the hell? And throw our hands up in the air. There's nothing I can do and just go eat your Big Mac and, and cheesecakes. No, I don't. Th- that's not my approach. Mm-hmm. You know, our path is to be big boys and girls here and say, okay, here's where I am. What am I going to do now? You know, it's like we can all learn a lot, I think, from, from traditional uh, indigenous cultures, the Native American culture talking about seven generations making a decision based on seven generations. How about just two generations? How about just thinking about our grandkids? Mm-hmm. And what can we do now to feed our children to increase the genetic momentum in them 
so that when they have their children, those kids are starting to turn the corner because Francis Pottinger did prove this. Okay, he showed us that it took four generations of cats eating a denatured diet to get the cats breaking down hard, you know, like lots of sterility, teeth falling out, everything, like we see in our culture right now. I mean, look at our, you know, look at <laughs> pregnancy never has been a difficult thing for, for young couples, but, you know, now we have all sorts of stuff to, to help with that, right? That's a sign, Absolutely. in my opinion. So what Pottinger proved, and thank God he did this, is he said, now I'm going to take these decrepit cats, the ones who are still viable, who can still reproduce, but are breaking down hard, and I'm going to put their diets back to a healthy diet, and it only took three generations to bring those cats back to health. Mm-hmm. So we can turn this around, but it takes a long-term approach. So that's what we're all doing here as parents now is like, okay, we have to show up for our kids and teach our kids how to eat real food, how to prepare food for themselves so that our grandkids have less of, a, of an incident towards a breakdown in their health. Right. Because we're restoring now the genetic momentum. And we have proof in our own family that this is the case. Okay, it works. Mm-hmm. It just takes time because you don't have immediate feedback, which, you know, another challenge is, is in this modern culture, we want the, the immediate gratification. Right. All right. Let's, um, we have a few more questions and we're going to try to wrap this up and make it sort of understandable for everyone. Tell me, tell me what's the best way talking about nutrition. Well, what's the best way to get our saliva up to maximum, um, mineralization, alkalinity and all that since saliva is so important. Right. Um, eat way more healthy fats. I'm sure you cover that. Um, and quit eating foods that undermine uh, mineral absorption in the body. Make sure your vitamin D levels are healthy because vitamin D, for example, one of the many, many things it does in the body is it, it regulates the uptake of calcium out of our gut. Um, if we don't have sufficient vitamin D levels, we're not going to have the calcium. If we don't have the calcium in our system, hello, we're not going to be fixing our teeth. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be remineralizing our teeth. So we're not going to have the calcium necessary in the saliva to be able to do that either from inside through dentinal fluid flow or through the surface remineralization of, of saliva. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's where I would go. You got to up the, the mineral intake, the fat soluble vitamins and, and remove those components of our diet, of our modern diet that, that inhibit mineral uptake. So we're basically on the same page. We're talking about a Weston A. Price diet, which people can go to westonaprice.org. And I would assume you would be of a sort of an ancestral paleo type diet as well. Yeah. um, In general, I am. I think that we have to, um, we have to be careful because it's not, I don't believe that there's any best diet for any one person. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to find what's right for us there. Um, uh, so I'm not a strict paleo person. I don't, I don't believe that that's for everyone mm-hmm. because I think that as soon as we become strict, we become rigid and that's causing stagnation in our body, mm-hmm. right? Because we're becoming rigid on something. Sure. There are some things that I don't consider food. I don't eat, I don't ever eat hydrogenated oils because they're not food. Why would you eat them? Mm-hmm. Right. But, but if something is a whole food, mm, just because the paleo diet says that it shouldn't, or just because the vegan diet says that, that we shouldn't, is that really right for me? I, I tend to take a bit of a softer approach to it. Okay. So um, so we're omnivores. Is that kind of where you come from? We, we need to eat a little bit of everything and not, not eliminate. I mean, there's probably a few things like you know grains and different things like that if you're having a lot of oral health, but just including a wide variety of foods. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we, I think that, that, um, we eat way too little fat and we don't eat enough vegetables. Um, and we don't eat enough variety of vegetables and, um, and we definitely, in my opinion, need animal protein in our diets for most of us. I think that there are some 
cultures, and Weston Price showed this, that there are some cultures that have done fine on vegetarian diets, but they eat a lot of animal products still. Right. In, in the form of butter or ghee or milk or eggs or, you know, so the, the problem that I have with the vegan diet is that we don't have a historical precedent that shows that it stands the test of time. Right. I don't necessarily think it's a wrong diet. It's just what is their intent? I mean, if, if, if they eat the way they choose to eat because they think it's the healthiest diet on the planet, well, then I, I think that there's some clear holes in that logic. But, you know, I, we have a couple of family members who are vegan, and then there's a very clear ethical reason behind their choice, too. So really the question is, is are we rigid with our diet? Are we saying this is right because and gritting our teeth and we're causing ourselves liver stagnation? <laughs> and um, and we're asking to um, extract our foot from our mouths later on down the road. Because we're going to realize, like, you know, I've lost count of the number of people who are vegan who are now paleo that we've talked to, mm -hmm. right? They, they just run themselves aground because of the nutritional deficiencies that the vegan diet, you know, is. So here's my issue with both, if I can wrap this up here, Katanya. Yes. The, ve the vegan and the paleo diets are both um, constructs of the human mind, recent constructs of the human mind. Now, some people would argue, oh, well, wait a second, the paleo diet. Well, no, you know, if, if we really look, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a recent creation of a set of rules based on what our paleolithic ancestors ate. I, I realize that. But what our paleolithic ancestors ate, they ate for survival. And, you know, we have a friend that is like, look, you know, our ancestors made it through an ice age just eating meat. So I can just eat meat. I don't need vegetables. I'm like, yeah, they survived it, but is that is that really optimizing one's vitality? I don't think so. I don't think that's balanced, mm -hmm. right? So we have to find that balance point, and and if we're going to do that, you know, I've, I've got a I did a video with Dr. Brandon Brock, who is I think one of the brightest people I've ever talked to. Definitely the the most aware doctor I've ever interviewed. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Brock put it this way, he said that the best diet on the planet for humans is the one that doesn't cause you inflammation. Right. So that's what we have to do is find that. And that's a unique individualized thing. It's not a one size fits all. And people have to kind of know what inflammation is in their body. You know, that's not always easy for right. people. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, if, if you go, if you go to our blog and you know, we, I can send you the links to this so you can include it in your podcast here. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got uh, an article there called What's the Healthiest Diet for You? And there's a, there's a video, there's a free video with Dr. Brock as well. And he talks about this simple strategy of, you know, you can, there's a simple technique that you can identify whether a food that you just ate 15 minutes ago is causing you inflammation or not. And it's scientific and it's, it's reproducible. It's very eloquent and it's very science-based. It's not, it's not, you know, kind of getting out there on the fringe where some, you know, some hard scientists would say that things like muscle testing aren't true science. Mm -hmm. um, this is, this is hard science. Yeah, I did watch that one. That was great. We'll definitely link to that. Cool. Um, yeah, that was a, that was something kind of new to me as far as, you know, ways other than looking at symptoms to, to figure out if a food is inflammatory. So this, that's a great one. Um, I'll link to that and that's a video to watch. Give us one last will. I could talk to you for so long, but I know we both have to go and yeah. I'm probably, I'm sure that I know what the answer is to this question, but what is the one thing you would recommend people do for, you know, if you had to just pick one thing, what is the top tip or trick that you would recommend people do for their oral health? Um, systemically or in the mouth? Let's say in the mouth. Okay. Um, well, let me give, let me have one of each. Okay. Yes. So systemically, I would say you have to get to know what's going on in your mouth, which is kind of a weird one. But if we don't have awareness, we're never going to get anywhere. We have to have an awareness of where we are so that we can make changes on our course and then see whether those changes helped us move in the right direction or not. And if we don't know where we are, then we're just shooting, we're just shooting in the dark. It's just oh, it's a total guessing game. So get to know what's going on in your mouth would be the systemic one. Um, ironically, it's you find out by looking in your mouth, but it's it's a, it's a systemic thing. Mm -hmm. um, as far as in the mouth, 
I would say swishing your saliva. Hmm. Okay. And that in, with regard to running and brushing your teeth, especially after an acidic drink, much rather just swish your saliva, right? Yeah. Swish your teeth off with water, you know, and I actually have to credit I, Susan and I were talking last night and, and she's like, Oh, I would, you know, swishing the saliva is so, so important. So I, I have to give her credit on, on that answer for in the mouth. Okay. Um, That's a good but, one. But yeah, I mean, rinsing your teeth off with water after a meal, especially after anything acidic is critically important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't even talk about, um, oral wellness shine or remineralizing powder either, but that's, uh, that's fairly new to us. We've had it out for about a year and we are thrilled with the results we're getting. I mean, people are finding, you know, it, 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 I don't want to overpromise. Um, it, it, it's a tremendous tool, um, that we're very, very excited about. So that's the shine product is more for remineralizing. So more for cavities. And then, um, the, tell me the one that's more for the gum disease, healthy mouth blend. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Right. So the healthy mouth blend is dealing more with the biological aspect of the mouth. Whereas the shine is dealing more with the chemical side of the mouth. Awesome. Well, Will, thank you so much. I think that we should uh, probably end here. Um, I think this will be too overwhelming if we keep going because we could do this probably for another couple hours. But I really, really appreciate all your knowledge and research and some of the new um, sort of twists you've put on things. And um, I'll put links below to, you know, your website and all your products. Um, I know you have lots of videos on how to do the bass uh, brushing te- technique, how to do the mouth swishing with your saliva, you know, all sorts of stuff. So people will really learn a lot from your website. And I have learned so much to- today with you, Will. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for your time, Katanya. Aloha. Thank you. Aloha, Will. Bye. Once again, everybody, thank you so much for being here. I hope you had some great takeaways from today's show. If you want more information, please go on over to oralwellness.com. That's O-R-A-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S.com to check out Will's website. Again, like I said, he has a ton of information and videos over there on techniques information and then all of his product line is amazing and my website katanyataylor.com also has several articles on reversing cavities I also have a toolkit where you can download information with shopping lists food items and supplements to help you get on the road to oral to good oral health and reversing cavities I also have an oral health program that I would love you to check out that's at katanyataylor.com and there is a tab for oral health program at the top of the home page. So please check that out. There is a lot to learn. There's a lot of surprising information out there. And there's a lot more that you can do than you think that you're already doing. So please get educated. Contact me if you need more information. Check out my toolkit, my program, as well as Will's website. Thanks so much for being here today. (laughs) 